What was your first experience with your cervix like? When was the first time you ever even heard the word cervix? If you were like most of us, your first experience with your cervix was probably not pleasurable. Sitting with your legs straddled wide open in an OBGYN chair, bracing yourself as they scrape your cervix, literally doing a pap smear. For many of you, your doctor stripped you of your cervical virginity, and it probably wasn't very fun. So you may have never even heard the word cervix until after you had babies or when you were pregnant. And because of the negative experiences we've had with our cervix, we tend to have a negative relationship with cervix herself, which often leads to things like abnormal pap smears or cervical dysplasia or other sorts of issues. That's why I wanted to bring on today's guest, Danelle Barbara Randall. In this episode, you're going to learn number one, exploring how our boundaries or lack thereof can lead to HPV or cervical dysplasia Two, examining how connecting with the cervix can lead to a deeper level of embodiment and a sense of wholeness. And three, investigating the role of the vagus nerve in relation to the cervix and its potential to be a pathway to self-discovery. And my favorite part of this interview, Danelle is going to share with us how your cervix is literally the mouth of God and part of the God path. For those of you that are really interested in the spiritual aspects of cervical awakening and self-discovery, this is one of my all-time favorite interviews, so be sure to stay tuned till the end. A bit about Danelle before we dive in. She is a women's integrative health coach and wellness educator, guiding and specializing in cervical health and pelvic well-being, Her work focuses on utilizing habit and behavior change through lifestyle medicine to support the cervix and the body as whole to heal and integrate all on its own. So Danelle works to help women holistically heal abnormal paps and to deepen their relationship with their body. She has her master's in integrative health, and she's the author of a book, Informed, Aware, and Empowered, A Self-Guided Journey to Clear Paps. Also, be sure to check out the show notes of this episode because she is giving you guys a special gift of 25% off of her signature course, Cervical Wellness Online. The coupon code is CW25GIFT. So that stands for Cervical Wellness 25 Gift. So be sure to go to the show notes, check out her course. Super amazing stuff. All right, here we go. This is the Multi-Orgasmic Millionaire Podcast, the only sex podcast for seven and eight figure conscious leaders who want to embody their pleasure and have the best sex of their lives. I'm Tilly Storm, top 20 sex coach in the world and your host today. Hi, Danielle. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Tilly. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Well, I am so curious about your entire journey and what all you're doing to help women heal their cervixes. And uh, yeah, I would love to hear the short condensed version of how in the world you got to doing what you're doing. (laughs) Yes. I I will do my best to keep it condensed because I'm sure as you know, you know, like these journeys, we can reflect back and it's actually like our whole life leading us to where we're, where we are now. But, um, in short, 
I'd say that my journey started at the age of 19 when I had my first abnormal pap smear. Upon reflection, I think it was actually my first pap smear I ever had and came back like abnormal. But because I was young, they said that I didn't have to worry about it. And they just sent me out the door. And I realized now that I didn't even know what a pap smear really was checking. I don't even think I had heard the word cervix at that time. I just, you know, I just knew that I had to go. So, you know, I continued my life. I was going to college and I was living a fast girl, fast college girl lifestyle and, um, you know, continued to have pap smears that were abnormal. And, you know, throughout that entire time of like, let's say the first three years of having abnormal pap smears, no one ever explained anything to me about my body. Again, I didn't know why I needed to have a pap smear. I just knew that I was diagnosed with HPV and I had something called cervical dysplasia. And like, I, I remember thinking like, okay, well, this sounds big and bad and scary. And that means something's wrong in my my inner regions of my of my female pelvis but i was just so disconnected and so dissociated from my body at that time that i didn't even think to ask any questions yeah so as the years go by it got worse and worse and you know much to the chagrin of my practitioners i actually denied much uh, most of all of their treatment options because i didn't really feel good about having surgery on my reproductive organs at such a young age and i also went online and read all sorts about like people women's experiences of losing sexual sensation of having issue having uh, their cervix dilate after, I mean, during birth. And so I just didn't want to have any surgery done on my cervix. And so, you know, the cervical dysplasia got really bad. Actually, it was at SIN3 cervical dysplasia, which is like the step before it's considered stage zero cervical cancer. And I was young. I was 22, 23 at the time. And my doctor's basically told me because I wasn't quote listening to them that they would see me when I had full on cervical cancer. And so at that time, you know, I didn't have any sort of embodiment practice. I wasn't taking care of myself at all. I wasn't really connected to who I am at all. And it was in that moment of facing cervical cancer. And I I truly thought I was going to die an early death from cervical cancer. I had a moment of like inner awakening. It felt like my body turned on, like the light turned on for the first time in my whole life. And my body said to me, Danelle, like something's wrong and we need to, we're going to figure this out. And so that was at the four-year mark of having abnormal pap smears. And so that was really the stake in the ground moment where I decided to change everything in my life. I changed the way I approached my body, the way I treated my body. I started reflecting and looking at the way I was engaging in sex and um, treating my body in sexual relationships. And it took three years, but I ended up figuring out how to heal my cervix myself. And after, so at the seven year mark of having abnormal pap smears, I got a call 
from my doctor saying that my cervix was completely healed and the HPV was no longer present in my body and, or they couldn't, you know, they couldn't find it. They, they tested for it and the HPV wasn't showing up anymore. And so it was at that moment that I realized like, wow, I'm probably not the only person, the only woman who was experiencing this. And I think I should start talking about this. And little did I know is that there was a huge demand of women seeking information about the cervix, about how to heal their cervix and about how to um, deepen their relationship with their, what I call deep pelvis in order to heal diagnoses such as HPV and cervical dysplasia or other, you know, pelvic unwellness um, diagnoses. And so seven years ago, I began my business, which is called cervical wellness. And um, it's just exploded <laughs> from there. And here I am now being a person that talks about the cervix. Mm-hmm. When if you would have told me, you know, when I was like 25 or so that I'd be doing this, I probably wouldn't believe you because the cervix was actually such a source of pain for me and, and hardship. But now it's really been my greatest teacher and a place that I go to within myself um, for connection more often than even my heart, actually. So that is my story in a nutshell. There's obviously a lot more, but. Yeah, well, we get to unpack some things for sure. <laughs> Can you tell me uh, what do you think was the biggest behavior or mindset or way that you were living that? really resulted in the uh, cervical dysplasia and the HPV. Like you mentioned, you weren't really having sex in an authentic way, or I don't remember exact words, but like what kind of sex were you having? Like what was actually going on for you? Yeah, well, I would say codependent sex, (laughs) meaning I didn't put myself first at all in these situations. Um, You know, it's like, oftentimes it was inebriated. So under the influence of alcohol or cannabis or other drugs and just not, there wasn't any experience of tuning into my body and what my body desired in these sorts of situations, sex or even relationship, even friendship or um, just relationship in general. And so, you know, the biggest theme that I saw in my life and that I actually see in many of my clients' lives is the sense of selflessness, is this putting others' needs before our own. And in particular, particularly with sex, it is allowing penetration before we are aroused. And in fact, that can physically harm the cervix because in the female arousal process, uh, the um, uterus moves up into the body, which creates space in the vaginal canal and pulls the cervix up into the body so that when penetration occurs, there isn't this like hitting experience where you like the cervix gets hit and you're like, oh God, I know we've all had that moment. And so for me, it was just actually like a constant experience of having my cervix, for lack of a better word, like pounded and it hurt. And, but I just would dissociate, you know, just dissociate out of my pelvis and just kind of like grit and bear it. And cause I wanted to feel the love. I wanted to feel the intimacy and connection, but there was no somatic embodied experience with that. 
And do you think that's actually something, these behaviors are actually something that causes cervical issues? Mm, I think it um, can exacerbate it for sure. I mean, HPV, so the virus HPV, the only way it can get into our body is actually through microabrasions. So like small cuts and tears in the flesh. So usually, I mean, in my mind, when I think about like, like allowing penetration before you're ready, and there's like, you know, it's not lubricated, and there's maybe some friction like that can create micro tears. And so, you know, when I think back to my behaviors, like I was living a life that would let my bound, I let my boundaries drop all the time, just let people cross my boundaries. And the immune system is a boundary system, it differentiates between self and other. And so like metaphorically, and I see the HPV infection as an indication of a crossing of boundaries of either um, allowing the boundaries to be crossed or them having been crossed, you know, against your will. And so, you know, with cervical dysplasia, the way that cervical dysplasia develops on the cervix is actually, I see a message from our body to say like, hey, I need you to actually be within me and be uh, connected and aware and uh, like being a voice for me in these experiences of sex and intimacy. Because oftentimes, you know, as women, we don't want to use our voice when we are starting to you know, become intimate with someone, we're afraid of being rejected, or we're afraid of um, making them mad or frustrated. And, and there's that codependency of putting their needs and desires before our own. And so, you know, in gynecology, they won't say that this causes cervical dysplasia. But from the 1000s of stories that I've received from women, like, yes, I do think that these behaviors uh, are a cause of it. And um, yeah, that's why one of my biggest talking points is to use our voice in our life. And it's not just sex, it's also relationships. And it's also standing up for ourselves or in, you know, our place of employment or whatnot, but really standing up for our body and what she wants and needs in the situation. Yeah. And the Dallas tradition, I teach the JDEG practice, and there's so much that we talk about and discuss around stuck and stagnant energy in the deep vagina, um, the vaginal muscles, the cervix itself, all of the pelvic organs, the female organs, in particular the uterus, the ovaries, all of it that we tend to store stuck and stagnant energies inside that end up leading to a lack of, of a flow of chi through the body and through the pelvis and that mm. lack of flow. And that's, it creates a stagnation, which creates disease that creates things like fibroids or uh, cysts or polycystic ovaries or um, anything like this that you're sharing too. So it's interesting that, you know, we have Eastern traditions that totally recognize the link between some of our behaviors and um, really blocking the flow of energy through our life and then that resulting in a disease of some yes. sort. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I know that Western medicine wouldn't really recognize it as the source of it. 
<laughs> no. And actually it was the jade egg that was one of the first practices I began to reestablish connection with my pelvis, you know, and it was very overwhelming for me. Actually, the first time I used it, I, I think I like fell asleep actually. Like it was just like, Whoa, my body just couldn't handle all the energy that started to move from, you know, having that awareness there. Um, so I'm really glad you brought that up because yeah, that's a really, really powerful tool to, um, deepen our connection there. And for women with abnormal pap smears, it's something I do recommend to deepen our relationship and our mind body connection Yeah, to the deep pelvis. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I remember looking back in my emails, um, I was searching for your email and I came across one that made me realize where I first heard of you. And I heard of you a long time ago before I even started this oh, really? podcast back in 2015, when I started the Jade Egg practice and there was a gal, Jillian Johnson. Do you remember? Yeah. Oh, right. Uh, well, mm-hmm. she had featured you on her podcast, I believe. And that's how I had found out about you in the first place. So I've known about you for a long time. <laughs> wow. Wow. That was a long I time know, ago. Right? Yeah, <laughs> eight years. Good Lord. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> time is weird. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, to yeah. see where you are now and how you're helping other women to heal, you know, the issues then I don't know what else to call them, but there's so many different things that can happen and gynecological things with your cervix. Um, it's just incredible that you have, that you're such a resource for women who want to heal themselves naturally. So can you tell me about Mm -hmm. that journey of, um, the deep embodiment work that you're really doing with women and with yourself, if you want to share that, um, what, what all are you doing to help them heal this? holistically. Yeah. So, I mean, it all started with myself. So even though I like, I help the women now, all these things that I do teach and, and, and guide women to do, I I've done myself. And, you know, the first, the first piece for me is actually very simple and basic. And when I tell it, sometimes I'm like, Oh, does this even matter? But for some women, it might matter for me. Like I had to actually get, become okay with just putting my hands on my pelvis in a loving way, like being able to touch my vulva and like cup my vulva, even just like looking at my vulva in the mirror. I had a practice for a couple years where every morning before the shower, I would like take my hand mirror and be like, what, you know, let me just see, because I actually would have a revulsion at the beginning of this journey. I would like feel just like, oh gosh, I don't want to even, oh God, it looks weird. Yeah. The disgust and just like, the judgment, you know, so much judgment. And, you know, before I went on this journey, I would actually take my fists and beat my womb because I was so upset as to what was happening. I would hit myself. Yes. I know. So that's why like this first step for me was just like, can I lovingly touch and gaze upon my body? Um, you know, that was when I was in like the peak of the cervical dysplasia. And, you know, when I was like, this is, I'm going to die. So, you know, then, then what I guide women to do is just to take steps. And so like the first step would be to 
bring their mind down into their pelvis with practices such as the jade egg or using a wand and doing like intervaginal acupressure, not necessarily masturbation, but like, can we just be present with the sensations as we are penetrated? Also, like doing a cervical self-touch practice, again, not for pleasure. That is that is like a whole other track. This is just purely for can I be present with what is arising for me when my cervix is being stimulated, touched. And you can do this with yourself or I, I had a partner at the time. So he would actually, I would like ask him to please like penetrate me and just like, don't move, just like hold there with like you all the way in my cervix touched. And what would happen undoubtedly was like, I would start shaking, I would start crying. And what I, what I realized was that my, my, I would, I was like unpacking my pelvis of the density of like energy of memories, as in, as you said, in the Taoist tradition, it's like, if there's like a blockage of the chi, you know, like, as the energy started to move, like the emotions started to move. So now, like, those are I mean, that sounds pretty basic, but those are really like the the primary steps that I took to start to embody my my lower half, my my deep pelvis. And it just it was consistency over time. You know, that's what a lot of my clients come to me about. They're like, Danelle, you know, I've done this a couple of times and it's not getting better. I'm like, this is like possibly a multi-year thing, my love. Like you have to do show up again and again and again doing these practices and being with yourself and feeling your cervix and like bringing your mind there and touching your body and being present with what is there. And then over time, like that, that mind-body connection will be easier. It will flow more easily. And so to, in these days, I don't really have to do much to feel connected to my cervix. Like I can even now just like feel my cervix and like, uh, like I relax the muscles around my cervix and my vaginal canal and, and create spaciousness there and, and softness. And so now in, in my life and for my clients who um, have healed and they're like, I still want to deepen my connection with my cervix. I'm like, okay, well now while you're walking in your day to day, can you get out of your head and can you bring your awareness down into your pelvis and anchor your awareness in your cervix and move and be and act in your life from there, make choices from there, speak from there, create from there, not from the mind not even necessarily from the heart, like go deeper in the body. Because when we're connected to cervix, we're actually connected to the whole body. We we can't, I believe we can't be fully embodied unless we are also embodied in our cervix because of the vagus nerve, which I know, I'm curious to hear what you know about the vagus nerve. So to, for me now, cervix is just an anchor of embodiment. I, if I tune into my body and I'm like, oh, I am not in my deep pelvis. I'm not in my cervix. Like I need to like drop in even more. And from there I have found anxiety has evaporated. I am more grounded in my life. I'm not seeking for validation, all these things. Yeah. 
I had a very similar experience with the dehumoring, which is the process that you went yes. through with the shaping and the crying yes. and the emotional baggage. The same thing happened for me. It was with jade egg practices and then yoni massage. I was learning Tantra with my first Tantra teacher back in 2015, uh, 14 or 15, somewhere around there. And then the yoni massage and when he would go to my cervix, having the same sort of visceral body reactions, my nervous system just unwinding and releasing yes. all yes. of the junk, all of the disgust, the shame, the guilt, the fear, all of it. And yeah, I, vaginal reflexology, those sorts of things were really powerful practices to bring me into that root. And I'm curious if you had a similar experience of like actually feeling the butterfly sensations, that feeling of aliveness, that Kundalini energy waking up inside of you. Did you feel that sort of awakening happening? Mm, I did, but I don't think I ever like noticed it in that way. I didn't ever have that language, you know, like I would feel like my survey, it would feel like there was like a glowing that would start to happen where like the energy from not even like not the base of my spine, it would be like from the center of my pelvis, like my cervix would awaken and I could feel it emerge up into my heart and my throat and my crown and a sense of wholeness that I had never felt before. So I, I'm not sure if that's what you were talking about, but it sounds like it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just different, different words. Yeah. Yeah. People explain it in so many different ways because they're so like, it can wake up really gently inside like that and slowly, or it can be like all of a sudden, mm -hmm. if you go work with a guru, it, it might be like a really quick, fast thing, but sometimes like that grounded slowly waking up that energy inside and almost like feels more safe because the nervous system can support that level of awakening. Right. I would say it was more slow for me. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're doing it with yourself or with a partner that, that you're not really trying to awaken that energy inside, it's generally more of a slow process. So itself <laughs> was happening. <laughs> Did you get blasted open? Well, the one thing that was a blasting open was Jade egg and the release of shame from my body. But that was before I really started doing specific cervical dearmoring. So I did have a blast open from only being able to orgasm in one way to all of a sudden being able to have all the different types of orgasms and multiple orgasms. That was like, I, I woke up one morning, shame was gone and boom, I could have all the orgasms. <laughs> But wow, yeah. that's goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the uh, the cervical stuff was more slowly. <clears throat> okay, mm -hmm. so tell me about the concept of cervix cervix itself. I I found your episode that you did with um, medicine stories, mm -hmm. and you talked about that. Then and it was just like, oh my god, I have to talk to her. And I think that's when I reached out to you. <laughs> mm, um, mm. we're talking about cervixes self tell me about that concept and what that really means yeah this is a really really deep one um and something i'm, I'm still sitting with because I, i've come to know cervix as this place within the female body that when we are connected to her and in relationship with her that cervix guides us to like who we are 
as a unique individual on this planet. And what, okay, I'm going to do my best to try to try to explain this. So going back to the vagus nerve, I'm going to like address a couple things to kind of encapsulate what I mean by cervix itself. So going back to the vagus nerve, um, the vagus nerve, if your audience doesn't know, is one of the 12 cranial nerves that comes out from the brain in the brain stem. And unlike the other cranial nerves, which go down into the spinal cord, the vagus nerve comes out of the back of the skull and innervates our throat, our heart, our lungs, our liver, our kidneys, our many of our most of our intestines, and it comes down to the top of the womb, wraps around the womb, and terminates in the face of the cervix. So it also, I think, it innervates other part, other major organs as well. So the vagus nerve is also called the God pathway. I've heard this uh, said in other traditions, and so. The, the very end of this nerve is in the face of the cervix. And the face of the cervix is the part of the cervix that's exposed in the vaginal canal. So cervix has a face that is the part that's exposed in the vaginal canal. And cervix also has a mouth, which is the cervical oz or the opening. So cervix has a face, cervix has a mouth. Basically, cervix is just like another you, like your face, your mouth, just like down below. And right around the mouth of the cervix is where the, the tip of the vagus nerve resides. Like it bifurcates and there's like two nerve ending ends on either side of the mouth. So I began to sit with this idea of like, okay, if cervix is another one of me down below, and there's like the ending of the God pathway right around the mouth of cervix, like, what does this mean for us as we as women connect to this place and deepen our relationship with this, with this place in our body? Well, cervix can speak to us. Cervix can, through the sensations and the revelations that come through connecting with cervix and um, connecting, you know, in the myriad of ways we've already spoken about here, but also just like a mental embodiment of here. I have come to know that cervix is like the inner oracle that we have all been see that we desire. Like people use tarot cards to know more about what they need to do. And I'm like, actually cervix is the oracle you need because cervix actually speaks to us in a tells us who we are and what i mean by that is like if you sit with cervix long enough in meditation or touch or um even in sexual experiencing you i can almost guarantee you will have revelations about your life in ways that about things that you need to change in order to become more of who you are. So this can look like the career path you're on. This can look like where you are living. This can look like how you dress or how you present into the world. And since I have begun connecting with cervix over the last, gosh, it's been like 10 years now, I have been on the most spiritual path of my life of getting closer and closer and closer to my true essence of who I am in this expression, in this body, in this lifetime. And I have never felt more wholeness with 
who I am, my personality, my expression, my truth, my, mm, my beingness than ever before. And I credit that to my connection to cervix because it's in my cervical connection practice that I have received the information from my body, from within. And I believe actually from God, because if it's like God coming down from the heavens in my crown and I get the, the, the message from the mouth of my cervix, um, that I have, I have received the information to make the changes I've needed to make to feel more whole and to become who I actually am. No longer living a life for others, no longer being a chameleon or wearing masks or body suits or trying to pretend in some way. And this is what I have noticed in almost every single one of my long-term clients is that the reflection I receive back is like, Danelle, I feel more of who I am than ever before. Like, I feel like I've actually come home to myself. And so this is why I believe that cervix is self. Cervix guides us back to ourself completely and wholly. And um, yeah, I'm curious if you've had any of that experience before or um, what that what comes up for you when I say that, because it's a little heady sometimes, um, but it's something I like believe wholeheartedly. Yeah. It's like trying to describe um, a psychedelic experience. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> There's not many human words for it because when you've experienced this, so it's all experiential and to try and put that these very heady or concepts and language, it almost is a disservice, but I totally know what you're talking about. And yes, I have experienced very much the same. I feel ever since I started sexuality work and had those massive breakthroughs around releasing shame and guilt from my body and really stepping into my purpose in life. Like I, it's so interesting how many people just don't know their purpose or don't feel like they're living their purpose. And to me, it was just like, well, duh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> like when I started on this path, it was just like, yes, like this is what I meant to do with my life. And I never looked back. Right. Mm. So that it was very immediate for me in terms of like coming home to myself, coming home to purpose, coming home to me and my identity. And I would say that's probably one of my strongest things about me is mm. that like, I, I live my purpose. I live my truth. And, you know, there's this level of freedom in that. That's amazing. Yes. Um, and it's hard to even imagine or fathom of not living that would even be like mm. so yeah it, it's hard to even describe how it happens but it does right. and yeah I mean you know <laughs> yeah it does it does happen and that's why I said earlier like you just have to keep showing up mm-hmm. for yourself in this journey and because a lot of people want a quick fix or they're like why haven't I had this awakening yet? Or why haven't I felt this connection? I'm like, you just got to keep doing it. Keep taking the actions, keep, keep showing up and things will start to shift in some way, maybe not in the way that you expect. And that's another thing is like cervix guides us to who we are, not who we want to be. And um, that was a hard truth for me. And is a hard truth for many of the women that I work with when they're healing abnormal pap smears. I'm like, sometimes what you need to look at and address is what you are most avoiding and that you don't want to change or that you don't want to 
confront in your life. And it's not all, it's not all beautiful and exciting. And sometimes it's really hard and maybe even dark. And, um, but I still encourage everybody to keep showing up because, you know, that over time it does change. Yeah. And probably the same thing happened for both of us. We never in a million years thought we would end up doing the work that we're doing now. Right. Like, oh, no, God. <laughs> no, I wanted to like, I think I wanted to work in like the forest service or something. <laughs> like, I'm trying to be like, what did I want to do? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I wanted to be like a marine biologist or, or work in the, I wanted to be out in nature. And here I am talking about the cervix all the time. I know. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. So yeah, definitely not what you think you are, but what you are. Yeah. What, what does your cervical practice look like? Like, what do you do to connect to your cervix? And mm. yeah, well, one thing I like to do regularly or not regularly, maybe once a quarter is I like to look at my cervix. So I have a speculum and I have a mirror and I have a light. And, um, the first time I ever did that, I actually cried. Have you ever seen your cervix? Yeah. I did the same thing. It was one of the most powerful experiences of my life. Yeah. Like I, like, I like, I didn't even expect it, but I like burst out crying. (laughs) So that is just, I I feel like it's, especially for women who do have diagnoses, it can seem like this like big, bad wolf, you know, like, Oh God, it's so scary. But then when you see the cervix, it's not very big. And it's just like, pink little round donut. And sometimes if there are issues, there might be a cyst or a polyp or like discoloration inflammation. If you do have dysplasia, you might see it, but there's something about like, like facing it, like seeing it, um, and just gazing at your cervix is just so powerful for me. Actually, now that I'm saying this, I'm like, it's about time I do that again. It's been a few months. Um, me too. Then, <laughs> oh, wow. oh, yeah, let's have a cervix gazing party. <laughs> um, and then I also, my cervix practice looks like I, I really love to do um, cervix massage, like with a wand, with a crystal wand, where just like, just if I don't feel like I want to put my hand, like deal with all the body positioning to get my fingers in there, I'll use a wand and just like, I love to um, just like massage around the cervix and just create like release tension and create space around cervix. Or then sometimes even in the morning when I'm in the shower, I'll just like touch my cervix, just be like, oh, I'm just going to connect and see and feel and just like five, 10 seconds, just like be there connecting to my cervix with my, with my hands. Um Always make sure that your nails are like somewhat trimmed because cervix doesn't like to be poked with nails. Um, but other than that, I have a pretty consistent and regular just like inner checking in process. Like I do this when I'm in like doing really boring muggle things like going to the DMV or if I'm like waiting in line or sitting in traffic, I'll just I, I'll like, I, even with the, my eyes open, I can just like, I have a visualization that I use where I like bring all my awareness in the center of my brain. And then on an exhale, like a stone falling through water, I just like drop my awareness down my body, the central channel of my body. And I'll just like anchor it. I'll just bring my awareness into my cervix and feel into like my, my vulva and my vaginal canal and notice if there's any tension there and just 
through breath, bring spaciousness there. Um, and it's really curious to do this out in public, like if you're sitting at a park, or again, if you are waiting in line, I don't know, at the DMV or something, like people notice when a woman is connected to her cervix. Like I've had people like look at me or they're like come and want to like stand by me and or like people, I don't know, I've been like given things like, oh, here's a free coffee. And I'm just like, wow, I was just connecting to my cervix here. Um, but I do believe that there's like a magnetism that happens within our energy field when we women are, are dropped in. And so I like to invite my clients just to play around with like, what is it like to be out in the world and connected to your cervix? Because the world shifts around you in a very interesting way. And um, I find it fun. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you definitely have a I don't know how to explain it, but some sort of magnetism. And oh. I can tell that it's from being so connected to the truth of who you are and that deepest core part of you. Um, I've explained on this podcast a couple of times about the first time I touched my cervix and it, it like you know, bawling because it felt like I saw God and connected with God for the first time. And I had no... Wow no, like I didn't know about the God path. I didn't know about, well, maybe not as much as I do now anyhow about deep tantric and Taoist things about the Kundalini channels and Ina and Pingala Nadis and all these things that they have mm. already mapped all this out, but I didn't have language for it then. And yeah, I mean, there's definitely this magnetism that I see in you and feel in you because of that deep connection it's very palpable. Oh, well, thank you for that reflection. Yeah. yeah. I see it in you too. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you share the video, but you're radiant. So oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> connect to the cervix friends. You'll become radiant. It's the best cosmetics. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, could you share more? What did you say? The Pingalo Nadis? What did, could you speak more yeah. about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's a huge concept, but uh, you just piqued my interest. Yeah, for sure. Um, I teach this in the eight types of orgasms training that I have, but this is a very advanced training. So <laughs> only like <laughs> people who have worked with me in my, my base program, then they can move on to this stuff because it's like a lot, but in Tantra, you have, um, different nadis and you have the Ina nadi, the Pingala nadi, Ida is the feminine Pingala is the masculine. So the feminine Ida runs on the left side of the Kundalini channel. That's also called Shashumna Nadi. Mm -hmm. And then Pingala runs along the right side of your body, which is the masculine side. And when these two uh, begin to wake up along the side of the Kundalini or Shashumna channel, they start to intertwine, which is where you see all of this ancient snake thing you know a kundalini right. being looking like a snake like it's often depicted as a snake and you'll see when you look at different chakra art that they that there's this intertwining of two forces or energies and those are the masculine feminine energies intertwining and therefore waking up kundalini inside of your body okay okay 
Now that you've said that, I'm like, okay, I think I've, I've definitely heard that before, but thank you for sharing. Yeah. Is, it, is that, does that start in cervix or does that start in the spine? It, it, yeah, that's a great question. So I think that it depends on the person because it's like the root chakra, you can locate it and really anywhere, right? Like these are the, our suggestions for it are just that the suggestions, but your oh, okay. could be in your cervix or your perineum. It just kind of depends on where you feel it and where you locate it. So it's the same thing with that. I think some people may feel it closer towards the spine. Some people may feel it closer towards their cervix, but it's something you got to feel into. Oh, I've never heard someone say that before. And I really appreciate that because yeah, that makes sense. That is where do you feel it in your body? We're all different. And yeah, yeah I really thank you. Thank you for saying that, that <laughs> really resonated. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I would love to hear about what you do for people, how you help people, what you offer. I know you have several different things. Your website's awesome, super thorough and so many resources. So tell us a little bit about all that. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a like flagship course. It's called cervical wellness online. And that is really for any woman who is facing or experiencing abnormal pap smears and wants to heal themselves. Or it's also for women who just want to learn more about what I call the cervical healing journey and all the things that go into deepening our connection with our cervix. And so this looks at like lifestyle and behavior modifications, as well as many of the themes of the women that I work with of what I see within uh, our consciousness or our past behaviors, or even like ancestral stories uh, that cervix might be calling us into working with and looking at. And so cervical wellness online is um, the most comprehensive course that I have, but for the women who um, perhaps are on a budget, I also have a book. It's called Informed, Aware, Empowered, A Self-Guided Journey to Clear Paps. And alongside the book, I would recommend taking my Cervix Healing 101 workshop, which those two combined provide just like a really great foundation to work on. So most of my work is around helping women with abnormal pap smears, because that's my, that's my background and my my journey, like what, what I want to share about. Um, but then, you know, I also, I have different content libraries because I pulled most of my content, um, off of certain social media platforms. And so I have past like retired courses around how to be your own health and wellness coach, because there's so many people that want to know how to help themselves, but they don't know how to help themselves. And instead of maybe like higher, like spending, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars on a coach. Like, okay, well, you can learn how to coach yourself. Um, I have a private content library, which is only $50 one-time fee. And that's added to quite often with, you know, it's a, a, a library of past videos and audios and workshops. What else do I have? I actually have a free webinar, which is if anybody is interested in, it's called A Little Bit of History of Modern Gynecology, which if I'm, I'm a history nerd. And if anybody out there is like, why is gynecology the way it is? Oh, I know. <laughs> I know all about it. <laughs> Check out this webinar. Um, 
Yeah, and then I also, I have a free content library. So for people who are wanting to just like have some very basic information about the cervix and there's like a, there's a meditation in there uh, as well as just some more resources. Um, I've sent you the link for that. Yeah. That's where I would mainly point people to. Um, and if you want to know more about what I do, check out my website, cervicalwellness.com. And I'm also actually in the process of developing a teacher training. So that's oncoming. I'm kind of letting the cat out of the bag about that, but (laughs) I'm excited. So (laughs) amazing. Yeah. I am so blessed and thankful and just grateful that you're out there doing what you're doing because there are so many women who are very lost in this whole, you know, gynecological loop of insanity. Yes. So so happy that you're doing and that you listened, you heard the call and you said, yes. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It's been quite the ride, but I'm still here. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much to know. (laughs) Want to become an embodied sex goddess? Of course you do. Take the sex goddess quiz today and find out how click link in show notes or head to bit.ly forward slash sex goddess quiz to get started.